Chapter thirty one of Tristram Shandy, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume two, by Lawrence Stern. Chapter thirty one. O Slockenbergius, thou faithful analyzer of my disgrazius, thou sad foreteller of so many of the whips and short turns which on one stage or other of my life have come slap upon me from the shortness of my nose, and no other cause that I am conscious of. Tell me, Slockenbergius, what secret impulse was it, what intonation of voice, whence came it, how did it sound in thy ears? Art thou sure thou heardst it, which first cried out to thee, Go, go, Slockenbergius, dedicate the labours of thy life, neglect thy pastimes, call forth all the powers and faculties of thy nature, macerate thyself in the service of mankind, and write a grand folio for them upon the subject of their noses? how the communication was conveyed into Slockenbergius's sensorium, so that Slockenbergius should know whose finger touched the key, and whose hand it was that blew the bellows, as Hoffen Slockenbergius has been dead and laid in his grave above fourscore and ten years, we can only raise conjectures. Slockenbergius was played upon, for aught I know, like one of Whitefield's disciples, that is, with such a distinct intelligence, sir, of which of the two masters it was that had been practising upon his instrument, as to make all reasoning upon it needless. For in the account which Hoffenslockenbergius gives the world of his motives and occasions for writing, and spending so many years of his life upon this one work, towards the end of his prolegomena, which, by the by, should have come first, but the bookbinder has most injudiciously placed it betwixt the analytical contents of the book and the book itself, he informs his reader that ever since he had arrived at the age of discernment, and was able to sit down coolly and consider within himself the true state and condition of man, and distinguish the main end and design of his being, or, to shorten my translation, for Slockenbergius's book is in Latin, and not a little prolix in this passage, ever since I understood, quoth Slockenbergius, anything, or rather what was what, and could perceive that the point of long noses had been too loosely handled by all who had gone before, have I, Slockenbergius, felt a strong impulse with a mighty and unresistible call within me to gird up myself to this undertaking. And to do justice to Slockenbergius, he has entered the list with a stronger lance and taken a much larger career in it than any one man who had ever entered it before him, and indeed, in many respects, deserves to be enniched as a prototype for all writers, of voluminous works at least, to model their books by, for he has taken in, sir, the whole subject, examined every part of it dialectically then brought it into full day, dilucidating it with all the light which either the collision of his own natural parts could strike, or the profoundest knowledge of the sciences had empowered him to cast upon it, collating, collecting, and compiling, begging, borrowing, and stealing as he went along, 
all that had been wrote or wrangled thereupon in the schools and porticos of the learned so that slockenbergius his book may properly be considered not only as a model but as a thorough stitched digest and regular institute of noses comprehending in it all that is or can be needful to be known about them for this cause it is that i forbear to speak of so many otherwise valuable books and treatises of my father's collecting wrote either plump upon noses or collaterally touching them such for instance as prignitz now lying upon the table before me who with infinite learning and from the most candid and scholar-like examination of above four thousand different skulls in upwards of twenty charnel-houses in silesia which he had rummaged has informed us that the mensuration and configuration of the osseous or bony parts of human noses in any given tract of country except crim tartary where they are all crushed down by the thumb so that no judgment can be formed upon them are much nearer alike than the world imagines the difference amongst them being he says a mere trifle not worth taking notice of but that the size and jollity of every individual nose and by which one nose ranks above another and bears a higher price is owing to the cartilaginous and muscular parts of it into whose ducts and sinuses the blood and animal spirits being impelled and driven by the warmth and force of the imagination which is but a step from it baiting the case of idiots whom prignitz who had lived many years in turkey supposes under the more immediate tutelage of heaven it so happens and ever must says prignitz that the excellency of the nose is in a direct arithmetical proportion to the excellency of the wearer's fancy it is for the same reason that is because tis all comprehended in slockenbergius that i say nothing likewise of scroderus andrea who all the world knows set himself to oppugn prignitz with great violence proving it in his own way first logically and then by a series of stubborn facts that so far was prignitz from the truth in affirming that the fancy begat the nose that on the contrary the nose begat the fancy the learned suspected scroderus of an indecent sophism in this and prignitz cried out aloud in the dispute that scroderus had shifted the idea upon him but scroderus went on maintaining his thesis my father was just balancing within himself which of the two sides he should take in this affair when ambrose paraeus decided it in a moment and by overthrowing the systems both of prignitz and scroderus drove my father out of both sides of the controversy at once be witness i don't acquaint the learned reader in saying it i mention it only to show the learned i know the fact myself that this ambrose paraeus was chief surgeon and nose-mender to francis the ninth of france and in high credit with him and the two preceding or succeeding kings i know not which and that except in the slip he made in his story of taliacocius's noses and his manner of setting them on he was esteemed by the whole college of physicians at that time as more knowing in matters of noses than any one who had ever taken them in hand 
Now Ambrose Piraeus convinced my father that the true and efficient cause of what had engaged so much the attention of the world, and upon which Prignitz and Scroderus had wasted so much learning and fine parts, was neither this nor that, but that the length and goodness of the nose was owing simply to the softness and flaccidity in the nurse's breast as the flatness and shortness of puny noses was to the firmness and elastic repulsion of the same organ of nutrition in the hale and lively which though happy for the woman was the undoing of the child inasmuch as his nose was so snubbed so rebuffed so rebated and so refrigerated thereby as never to arrive at mensurum suam legitimum but that in the case of the flaccidity and softness of the nurse or mother's breast by sinking into it quoth piraeus as into so much butter the nose was comforted nourished plumped up refreshed refossilated and set a-growing for ever i have but two things to observe of piraeus first that he proves and explains all this with the utmost chastity and decorum of expression for which may his soul for ever rest in peace and secondly that besides the systems of prignitz and scroderus which ambrose piraeus his hypothesis effectually overthrew it overthrew at the same time the system of peace and harmony of our family and for three days together not only embroiled matters between my father and my mother but turned likewise the whole house and everything in it except my uncle toby quite upside down such a ridiculous tale of a dispute between a man and his wife never surely in any age or country got vent through the keyhole of a street door my mother you must know but i have fifty things more necessary to let you know first i have a hundred difficulties which i have promised to clear up and a thousand distresses and domestic misadventures crowding in upon me thick and threefold one upon the neck of another a cow broke in to-morrow morning to my uncle toby's fortifications and eat up two rations and a half of dried grass tearing up the sods with it which faced his hornwork and covered way trim insists upon being tried by a court-martial the cow to be shot slop to be crucifixed myself to be tristramed and at my very baptism made a martyr of poor unhappy devils that we all are i want swaddling but there is no time to be lost in exclamations i have left my father lying across his bed and my uncle toby in his old fringed chair sitting beside him and promised i would go back to them in half an hour and five-and-thirty minutes are lapsed already of all the perplexities a mortal author was ever seen in this certainly is the greatest for i have hoffenslockenbergius's folio sir to finish a dialogue between my father and my uncle toby upon the solution of prignitz scroderus ambrose piraeus panocrates and grangousier to relate a tale out of slockenbergius to translate and all this in five minutes less than no time at all such a head would to heaven my enemies only saw the inside of it End of chapter thirty one